0: what's up everyone welcome back to the third episode of flip the end podcast the five recent sports production as always sponsored by prize picks use our code five that's f-i-v-e and they will match up to a hundred percent of your deposit up to a hundred dollars so go ahead use that later on this year we're going to have a lot of bets going through so be sure to keep uh, stay tuned and we'll have some fun all right today we have the triple threat of five Reasons sports baseball both of my co-hosts from the past couple episodes first off we have Joshon over here go ahead and introduce yourself
1: yo john thank you for having me once again hello everybody let's get this show on the road
0: all right welcome back man and then we have kevin from our first episode kev what's up
2: what's up y'all happy to be back happy to be here with joe can't wait to get started
0: yeah um i do think that um our podcast has become a little bit of a good luck charm for Marlins fans so far. Uh, after our first episode, um, we talked about potential trades. After the first episode, Pablo and Blyer got traded. After the second episode, Lidde got traded. So each time that we release the podcast, we have a trade go on. I don't know if it's just coincidence or if it's luck, but we always have something to talk about, which is great. Um but going off what I was just saying, we just uh, – not just, but a couple uh, days ago, maybe about a week ago, had a trade go through for the Marlins. Uh, we traded out our uh, former first-round pick of J.J. Bleday out to the Oakland A's for their former first-round pick, uh, A.J. Puck. Uh, Kev, what's your first thoughts on this?
2: Uh, real quick, I mean, gut reaction, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. Um As a few days went by, I kind of started thinking about it more and and looking deeper into it. And I was like, wait a second, I actually kind of love this. Um, Still think JJ is going to be a good player. Uh, You know, I'll root for him. Always, you know, hope for the best for him. But uh, AJ Puck's nasty, dude. He's nasty. He was nasty in Oakland. And I mean, we knew Lizardo was nasty in Oakland too, Mm -hmm. but there was always just something barely off with him. And you get Lizardo now with Mel, and you see what Lizardo's turned into. I, I, I feel like the same thing can happen with AJ puck too. get AJ puck here with Mel. I mean, everything looks so good out of his hand. I mean, just the eye test. He's, he's electric. He's nasty. So uh, I think it's a real good trade at first. I wasn't a fan, but I I really like it now. Big time.
0: Yeah. Uh, First reaction for me. I love the trade. Um, As everyone knows, I'm a big JJ Blade fan. Uh, I think he's going to have a killer career. Out in Oakland, I'm going to go into it a little bit more in depth, uh, but I want to see, wanna see uh, Joe's thoughts on the trade and, and see what his gut reaction was and kind of how he feels now about what happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's very rare that you see a trade that both teams could probably win, come out benefiting. Um, and I feel like this is one of those trades. Uh, Blade unfortunately, wouldn't have had too much playing time on the Major League roster. He was kind of maybe the outcast. So for him, it'll benefit him for, to get reps. And then um, AJ he's nasty. He has a super crazy fastball. He can throw uh, an off speed. And, and if Mel gets his hand on hands on him and does, does the right tweaks, like it could definitely be um, a potential closer, I would say.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of what you were just mentioning about uh, puck potentially closing, uh, I wanted to look a little bit more in depth into that. As we heard with my last episode, I kind of looked at where Matt Barnes was with, uh, when he was in a closing situation compared to when he wasn't in a closing situation and vice versa. I try to do the same for AJ Puck. And honestly, he has nearly identical stats no matter what kind of leverage he's in. Um, a, in a closing situation, I believe he had like a 690 OPS this past season against him. Uh, in a non-closing, it was about 650. Um, didn't allow much contact. I think it was like 210 for saves and 220 for non-saves. Allowed a little bit more slugging in the saves opportunities. But all in all, like he's he's, you put him in a position and he's going to succeed, uh, which which is really, really cool to see. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with Puck, um, he has four pitches, really only three pitches, uh, but he has a changeup as well. He uh, leans heavy on his fastball slider. He throws a little bit of a sinker. Um, the changeup exists, but does it really? Uh, he really only used it one time last year in 2022. Um but we know Mel. Uh, Mel is a wizard when it comes to changeups. So I have to imagine that in this spring training time that Puck is going to going to develop that change up and, and have a fourth pitch to his um to his it'll, uh, I can't think it'll of the word. Be
1: it'll be <laughs> he said he might be um, on a splitter instead of a, a changeup. So we'll see if it's something that Mel um either enforces to uh, against that or like uh, his opinion is against the splitter since he does um, give everybody a change up that's on the staff. So um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how how that would work because uh, puck did mention he was working on a splitter in the off season. So
0: one thing I want to bring up is is again going back to last episode talking about Matt Barnes because we were talking about how we got a potential closer in Matt Barnes um, as he had a lot of uh, save opportunities out in Boston um, and I brought up the fact that you know. Matt Barnes has always been a high strikeout guy and Miami hasn't had that in their bullpen in a long time, at least to a point of it's a player that you can depend on to do good. You know, we've had some guys who um, might strike out a lot of people, but might be wild, you know, like a Tanner Scott uh, might give up a ton of walks, might be a little bit wild, but we haven't had a definitive high strikeout guy. Uh, You look at puck pucks, again, a high strikeout guy for the back of the bullpen. He averages 10 Ks per nine in his career. You know, you're gonna get a guy who gets in there. He can shut people down and he can strike him out, uh, which is really, really uh, a big relief in the Marlins' pen and complete opposite of what we had last year. Um, But um, I've talked a lot about Puck, so I'm gonna go a little bit more on Bladé because, as I said, I'm a big Bladé fan. Um, As as Joe was talking about, Bladé was kind of on the outside looking in this this offseason. I don't know what happened between the end of last season and the start of this season, um, but it seems like De La Cruz and you know Jesus Sanchez was getting the leg up on the job. And Blade was kind of out there just trying to figure out what he was doing. Um, The one thing that I think will work in favor for Blade out in Oakland is he always gets the good counts. He just struggles on making that good contact. Um, He he has weak contact, and and it's opposite of what he was in college. Even in the minors, when he didn't when he made contact, he made good contact, but it was very rare to see him make consistent good contact. Um, So if the hitting coach out in Oakland, I'm not entirely sure who that is, can get that to click they have a solid player on their team. You know, he's, he's a really above-average defensive outfielder. Um, he he does strike out a lot, but he also has a, lo- a high wa- walk rate, so it kind of, like, goes hand-in-hand. Hand. You know, I, I can accept a high strikeout with a high walk, but he needs to be able to make that good contact to be able to solid- solidify himself. Uh, this past season in, in the MLB, I believe he had a 167 uh, batting average and a 271 on base. It was a 100-point gap, which is – you know almost unheard of in in, in a current day uh, baseball but very true i don't know i I, i'm excited for in oakland i think he's gonna do great um he has a lot of opportunities to succeed um his competition is another former top nle's prospect in christian pache um we'll see if, if pache comes ahead he had a pretty rough last year even though he was phenomenal defensively um but as I said, Blade's is a former top prospect. He has a lot of potential to go with him. Um, but since we're talking about top prospects, uh, we're going to cover what our favorite prospect is for this upcoming season for the Marlins. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Joshan go first. Uh, if you want to, I already know who it is. I'm already totally against it. Aha. I am on the biggest hate train <laughs> for this one. Uh, no this offense belt. to him if he's listening. Uh, I do apologize. But you're you're not high on my list. But go go ahead. I'll let you take the floor. I'll let you I'll let you explain and, and go on a little rant, uh, and I'll I'll keep my mouth shut and let you go a little positive on this guy.
1: Well, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion amongst Marlins Twitter Marlins fandom. Um, Jacob Berry, man, I got you. So let me, let me go ahead and and push my Jacob Berry agenda because that is my prospect. Uh, my p- potential breakout prospect in the Marlins system this year, my favorite. Um, the biggest thing with him is um, the question for power and his uh, lack of positioning. Uh, he doesn't really have a position uh, to stick with. We don't know if he's going to be their base, if he's going to be uh, a corner outfielder, first base. It, right now it's a big question mark on his defense and if he could hit for power. But I personally believe that he projects very, very well, um, because if you look at just the core numbers, um, there's something to build on. Um, in 33 games in a ball, he had a 118 WRC plus and he hit for 264 um, a batting average, uh, which is, you know, he, he gets uh, the call. He, he signs his his draft deal and then he gets some games in a ball and. He was able to at least put the bat on the ball. Some people come in and they they look completely uh, overwhelmed and overshadowed and they don't know uh, how to hit or they get just caught up in the moment. So definitely at least he can put the bat to the ball. He barely strikes out. He only has a, a, about a 15% K rate, which is uh, manageable, but he also walks at a decent clip at about 9%. So Definitely, at least knows how to put up in that bat. Like I mentioned, he's not uh, just lost up there. And then, while we do question that his power and that he's not really uh, hitting for power in this short stint in a ball, I do would I would like to point out that um, he has a MLB average fly ball rate. So the fly ball rate average in the major leagues in 2022 was 35 percent. If you were hit 35% fly balls, you were league average in that regard. And he hit about 35% um, for a fly ball rate. So he's not just going up to bat and just spiking every ball into the ground. Um, He does have some lift to the ball. So with more reps, some fine tuning in his stance, maybe some more uh, weight training, uh, I believe that 35% fly ball rate could definitely benefit him um, and allow for more slugging. Cause that's definitely one of his biggest issues.
0: We, I, I haven't been terribly vocal on my, on my feed about my, I guess, disdain for Jacob Berry. And it's nothing against him personally. Um, I'm, I'm a big Brooksley truther uh, out of Minnesota. I was very, <laughs> very heartbroken that we didn't take him. Um. I, as, as much hate as i give barry you know he's a solid hitter um i can definitely see him improving this year compared to last year you know he started off really slow and rocky when he started with us um but slowly got better um so we'll see I, i'm not i'm not cutting the corner especially on a first round pick after 30 games you know but it's not my personal top um i'll get into mine in just a minute. Uh, Kev, you ready to, 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 shock the world or hit us with yours?
2: <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, so I finally narrowed it down to my guy, the one I'm going to go with. Um, it's a guy that honestly, not a people, not a lot of people think about him when we're thinking about like the top Marlins prospects, but, uh, one of the guys I'm more excited about and, you know, really interested to see how, how this year unfolds for him is, uh, Joe Mack. Okay. Um, I know a lot of guys wow. don't really think about him because, you know, we got Nick Fortez and Nick Fortez has been a really pleasant surprise. Um, you know, we got Stalling. So it seems like the catching front is pretty, you know, we're we're in good hands, at least for the time being. But, you know, Joe Mack's only twenty years old. Um, he was just playing in low A this past year. It's a really short, small sample size. I think he dealt with some injuries, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you know, he's a ways away. Uh, you know, if you look on MOB pipeline, it says not he's not gonna get up to the big leagues until twenty twenty five, but He's just a really interesting prospect to me. Um, you know, again, another one of these prospects that, like, Will Banfield, who, you know, elite defense behind the plate. But, you know, we, what we've seen with Will Banfield, no no disrespect to you, Will, if you're watching, <clears throat> the bat hasn't come around. And uh, Joe, like Joe Max, stats, if you look at it, not great. They're not going to pop off the page. But for a catcher who's this elite defensively, you know, last year between rookie ball – Okay, who cares? And low A, he he hit 243. A lot like JJ Bladay, his on-base percentage was 383. So it's a whole 140 points higher than his batting average. Slugging's a little low, so the power is kind of iffy. Um, but you know, he's walking nearly as as uh, he's walking almost the same amount as he's striking out. Strikeouts a bit high, but the walks are up there. Um, and I, I do think the power is going to come think he'll he'll finally he'll tap into that power a little bit more as he matures and, and and gets more reps. And again, he's a catcher. So as long as he's playing that elite defense, if he's hitting league average or slightly league above league average, I'll take that. And he's super super young. There's plenty of time for this kid to really tap into more like more potential. i Think he had a pretty decent Arizona Fall League uh he hit four bombs in the Arizona Fall League again. The average is a little low, low at 230. Um but again, 347 on base so again it's another guy who's getting on base at a high rate great defense behind the plate um yeah i i think i think he's a really exciting prospect that not a lot of people think about when we think about all the marlins prospects
0: yeah joe mack um he was i believe our uh comp pick b uh in and yeah. i think that was 2020 was that when it was i believe 2020? so if I'm mistaken. yeah I but the, the big thing, um, 2021, when looking at his stat- yeah. 2021. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the big thing when, when looking at his stats, um, you know, you, you, you look and you see like the low average, you also see like the high on base, like you were talking about, but the big thing to, the, to look at is that he hasn't had a fully healthy season yet with the Marlins. Right. Um, right. he was, he was injured a lot last year. I believe it was a foot injury that kept him out for majority last year. He came back near the end. Um, and that's where he got those games going. He played in the fall league, uh, healthy there. Um, so I'm really excited to see him come through and do a fully healthy season with us. Um, that on base and and power is is hard to ignore, even if the batting average right. isn't there. Um, but I do want to correct you on something real quick. That, that my my boy, Mister 305, Will Banfield, did hit 270 in in Double A last year on this promotion. That is true. That is He's true. only 22 years old. He's still only a 700 OPS, but that's
2: all I'm saying. Hey, all dude, I'm dude. saying is I played against him and I saw that man hit the furthest home run I've ever seen in my life against us. So I'll never forget. Shortly
0: after draft night, when he when he dropped a uh, a, uh, a picture in, like I think it was like a pink suit with like white paint oh, with yes, no dude. with no shirt. Dude, that's dude. when I knew he was bred for Miami. So <laughs> Will Banfield, if you're listening, love you, man. Keep it up.
1: Yo, Will. Let's get it.
0: Um, anyway, so now to my top prospect for the 2023 season. Um, this is a prospect who we took um, a while back, uh, but he was he was really young, so he's he's still really young. Um, but people kind of forgot about him, kind of wrote him off um, after a couple uh, okay seasons. Uh, but he really kind of popped off this year and, and popped back onto the scene. Um, he's a very perplexing, puzzling player, uh not to do an alliteration there, but um it's Mr. Smiles Nasi Nunez. Um he is a guy who is an absolute wizard with the glove. Uh his bat has kind of struggled just a little bit. Um but he's been phenomenal defensively. He's been phenomenal when he gets on base. Um he started heating up uh last year towards the middle of the season and earned himself a promotion into double A uh Pensacola. And from Pensacola he had a 261 batting average, which is d- pretty good, decent. Uh, but then more importantly, he had a 371 on base percentage. Um, now, his slugging is low, and that's why it's personally really puzzling for me. Because you take a guy like Nassim Nunez, who last season held 70 stolen bases. He stole 70 bags between high A and double A. And yet he can't get a double or a triple. Now, I, I, don't, I don't fully understand that. I haven't had a chance to watch him all that often. But it's puzzling to me that a guy who the second he gets on base can automatically steal second or steal third or whatever it may be can't turn in a gap or into a double or triple that's that's perplexing to me but again i i personally haven't seen him play that often Uh, i don't have access to that um so maybe there's more to the puzzle that i'm not seeing but you look at him as i said a 371 on base and double a you know played absolutely amazing uh defense he was amazing on the base paths um the big thing that i want to point out is last season, um, they love to treat the minor leagues as guinea pigs for changes coming to the major leagues. Uh, And as we know, last season, uh, or this season, I'm sorry, we implemented uh, bigger bases on the base path uh, for the safety players and to help amplify the offense. Um, Last season, that didn't exist uh, in the minors outside of AAA. So even without the big bases, he stole 70 bags. Now you put him on bigger bases with a smaller base path he's gonna steal 80 90 a season and it's it's gonna be insane to watch down there
1: um, potential.
0: yeah and and he he walks at a high rate you know he strikes at a, at a decent rate um, but it's not an overpowering amount as I said earlier with Blade, i'm I'm acceptable with a high strikeout if you also get a high walk that's acceptable to me. He had a uh, hundred and uh, hundred and thirty nine Ks last year and 95 walks in 123 games. Again, that K rate's a little high, but that walk rate is right there up up, up there with it. So I'm totally okay with that. Um, I have to imagine also that I, I wasn't able to find out um, when researching this, but uh, with the shift restrictions going into place, I don't know if it was in place last year for uh, minor leagues. I couldn't really find that out. Uh, I believe it was for independent ball leagues or something like that. But um, I have to imagine that the, the, the shift restriction can help them get more gappers, Maybe it results in some more extra bases. If not, I still think with that decent average and a high on base and stellar defense and stellar base path, um, you know, IQ, he's going to get to AAA this year, and maybe next spring training or the year after he can be in, in the big leagues. Um, so I'm really really excited to see what he has uh, coming. Um, now all of the players that we did mention, um, except Joe Joe Mac, I don't believe he is, but uh, Will Banfield, Jacob Berry, Nasi Nunez they're all a part of our spring training camp this year, um, which starts uh, in about three days, I believe on Saturday uh, when we play the Mets and Braxton Garrett is our opening day starter for uh, spring training against the Mets. Um, So we're going to, I want to, I want to kind of see what y'all's expectations are for camp, what you kind of hope to see or what you're looking out for um, in, in terms of our players um, I'll go ahead and start first. Cause I kind of leaned into one of the parts that I was talking about, um, on Saturday, as I said, Braxton Garrett is starting our first game of, of the uh, spring training season. Um, and Mish, uh, Craig Mish, uh, announced today that the rotation is looking like it is a sol- solidified one through four of, uh, Sandy, Luzardo, Cueto, and Trevor with, um, Eddie and Braxton kind of on the outside. Uh, Eddie's big concern is going to be health. Um, so if he's healthy, he's in there. If not, we'll kind of go from there. But with the season that Braxton Garrett had last year and with the amount of work that Sandy put in, as well as going into the World Baseball Classic this offseason, I'm kind i kind of curious as to if Braxton Garrett is going to play a good enough spring to force the hand at doing a six-man rotation this, this upcoming year. Personally, I am a fan of that, even if it's, you know, still play Sandy every five days, but rotate the other four pitchers or other five pitchers, I'm sorry. In a different rotation but gets any every five days i'm totally okay with that um two other notes that i'm looking at um from every everything that i've heard from the camp there's gonna be a starting outfield battle between uh, brian de la cruz and jesus sanchez uh, i believe de la cruz has that step forward from sanchez um so we'll kind of see what goes on there to see who can win out that battle or if they go into a platoon of some sorts maybe one of them improved on their hitting against left handers last year i'm not entirely sure we'll find out uh, and then the one thing that I want to say to all Marlins fans, uh, because we are looking out for it this offseason, uh this spring training, it's going to be really, really weird. And it's going to take an adjustment for us as fans and as, you know, followers of the Marlins to see jazz Chisholm jr. Out in center field. It's also going to be an adjustment for him to play center field. Uh, he said today that he's never played a game in center field in his career at any level of, of playing. Um So, for majority, if not all of spring training, he's gonna look pretty rusty. He's gonna look pretty bad in center field. He has the speed, he has the baseball IQ. I don't know if he has the arm for it. It's gonna take an adjustment for him out there. And I know it's frustrating because we were all looking for it to, to acquire a center fielder this year, and we don't know if this experiment is gonna work. But be prepared to watch him struggle for struggle for a little bit, you know. It's 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 bound to happen. Um Kev, I'm gonna pass it off to you and get a couple expectations that you have for this camp, and then we'll go over to Joe and and finish it off from there.
2: No, I mean, uh, I think you 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 made a good point with Jazz. You know, it's gonna look a little iffy and feel a little weird at first. Um, honestly, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just address it right now. I think the defense at first is gonna look a little rough, but I mean, of course, it's it's the beginning of spring training. Um, I think they'll they'll fine tune it as we get closer to the season, but I, I guarantee you fans are going to freak out. The defense is going to look a little stiff, a little iffy here and there. I mean, you got guys playing out of positions, positions that they're not used to playing. Um, I just, Marlins fans, if you're listening, please don't overreact. Look at what the Phillies did last year. That's a team that doesn't know how to field a ground ball or a fly ball properly. And they were in the world series. Relax, relax. It'll be fine. Um, I think Jesus Sanchez is gonna have a huge spring. Um, I do agree with you, John. I think between De La Cruz and Sanchez, it's probably De La Cruz's like spot to lose right now, but I I, I think Jesus is gonna have a, a huge spring. Um, besides that, uh I'm really looking at Jacob Amaya. Um okay. I think he's gonna he's gonna really open some eyes. Do I think he's gonna Win a spot on the opening day roster coming out of spring. I don't think so, but I think he's really going to make you think about it. And and kind of like from the moment opening day hits, we're going to be like, all right, so when's Amaya getting here? When's Amaya getting here? And that, that's not a shot at Joey Wendell. I love Joey Wendell, but I think he's really going to impress us during spring. Um, and besides that, I think the pitching is going to look electric. The pitching always looks electric, but I think especially now, I don't know. I it just all of our guys are healthy. You add Cueto in there, that little flair, the young guys are going to feed off that veteran presence. I, I think the the pitching is going to come out of spring training. And, of course, pitching always has the upper leg when, when the spring training games first start. But I think the pitching is going to really wow some people and really start making not just Marlins fans, because we know how good the pitching is, but really the rest of the league kind of think, like, holy crap, can they, like, really – are the Marlins for real? Um, because this pitching is legit and – if, if it's as good as I think it's going to be, it's not going to take a lot of runs to win a lot of ball games, honestly. That's pretty much all I got.
0: Yeah. I mean, you made some good points. Um, I I think I'm especially excited to see the pitch. I'm always excited to see our pitching because our pitching is ridiculous. Yeah. But to look at, you know, you got Yuri Perez coming in, you got Dax Fulton coming in, and you got all these young prospects um, that a lot of people haven't had the chance to see before go into our spring training and get some, um, as I believe it was Skip said, some meaningful outings, not just some tosses here and there. They're going get, to get, get some meaningful outings, and I'm really, really excited to see that. Um, yeah. But, Joe, let's finish it off with you. Let's see what, what, what you're kind of looking for and expecting from, from spring training for the Marlins.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I agree I agree with you, Kevin. Definitely um, Jacob Amaya, somebody to watch for. Um, I feel like the Marlins traded for him in specific just because he was – basically major league ready right. so um, he's definitely somebody I would look out for but um my two my two big expectations my two big things leaning into the the pitching that we were just talking about um I expect Edward to come out and just dominate um I feel like it's his time right so every you have he had his taste of the majors he got pretty much established had an, a decent amount of starts. Now it's his time to come in and take that leap. So definitely something that I'm looking forward to seeing is how he performs in spring training so that he's able to just get that last uh, starter spot unless they were to go for a six-man rotation, but just cement himself so he can have that that final uh, starter uh, spot locked in. And then my second thing is I want to see how Avisayo Garcia bounces back. Um, now, Spring stats, you know, take it for what you will. Um, it's not that I don't I don't know if it's necessarily something to put too much stock into. But definitely, I feel like if he were to come to spring and then underperform in spring, it would be like cause for concern um, just because of the type of year that he had. So for his own morale, for the fans, for him to just start off, this new season on a good note, I would definitely like to see him come into spring and have a couple of nice at bats, a couple of nice games, maybe hit a bomb or two, uh, and and cement himself or start the path for a good 2023 season.
0: Yeah, I think we we are all kind of looking for Abasayo Garcia to have a bounce back season. Um, I don't think anybody really wanted to see. I mean, I don't think anybody really wants anybody to see anyone on your favorite team do bad, you know, um, right. but. Is, especially with someone like Abbasayo. I don't think any of us were really hoping for him to do bad last year, but I think that we are all really, really hoping for a better better year from him this year. Um, so we'll see what happens. He had a rough spring training last year. I just pulled it up. He had a 586 OPS. Again, spring training stats, take it with, with a grain of salt. Um, but if he can come out of spring training with, you know, at least a better walk rate or a little bit of a higher OPS, maybe a little bit more power. I'm all for it. You know, he 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 shaved down, I believe, 30 pounds this offseason. Um, so with him being back in shape and back in, as he says, um, skinny. I play my best when I'm skinny, as he said with with uh, Jeremy Tache.
1: Yes,
0: um, yeah, that, that that's that's a great quote. Um, but yes. if 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 he plays like his skinny self, you know, Marlins fans are in for a good season for him. So, so let's, let's hope for the best. Let's see what happens. Baseball starts in three days. So I, I am, I'm, I'm ready, ready to see baseball again. And I am ready to go ahead and flip the M.
1: Yes, uh, that's all we that's have
0: it. here guys. But uh, until next time, hopefully we have a lot of flip the M's and spring training going, um, but we will catch y'all next time.